0: So there was a study out of Warden that showed having an accent can make you sixteen percent less likely to get a job, as opposed to people who do not have a perceivable uh, accent. And if you are an entrepreneur, then you are twenty three percent less likely to get funding. So those are, if you add those up over the course of your career, uh, that can be that can add up to tens or even hundreds of thousands of dollars left on the table. So it's extremely consequential. Uh, And there's other studies like the one you mentioned where people make snap judgments of who you are and your skill set based on just the first three seconds of speech.
1: You're listening to Foreign Founders where we tell stories of immigrant and international founders who are working tirelessly to shape the future. We share stories of their upbringing, culture and background and explore the companies and products they're building. We want to highlight these founders because these are stories that are often not told. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back to Foreign Founders. For listeners who have studied a non-native language like English for a long time, but feel that they have to repeat themselves often to other people, this episode is for you. Anada Lakra is the CEO and co-founder of Bold Voice, a speech and accent coaching app for non-native English speakers. Inspired by her experiences in both personal and professional settings, Anada noticed that there's a gap between learning the language on paper and speaking confidently. She's not alone here, as there are more than 1.6 billion non-native English speakers around the world, and that number is growing. I'm really excited to have another on the show. Thanks so much
0: for having me. Really excited to be here as an immigrant founder building a tool for other immigrants. So perfect fit.
1: (laughs) Yeah, perfect fit. Where'd you grow up?
0: Yeah, I grew up in Albania, born and raised there. I moved to the US for college. uh, So yeah, I think I'm you know very much an immigrant who went through that firsthand as opposed to seeing my parents. So. yeah, i happy to share a bit more about my, my background and upbringing, if that's helpful.
1: Tell us more about the country.
0: So I grew up in Tirana, which is the capital of Albania. Albania is a bit of an interesting place. It's a very small country in Europe, about only 3 million people. Uh, I would say very vibrant with a very rich history. Um, it was under communism, actually, as my parents were growing up. I was born right after communism fell and right into the first year of democracy, so the country was undergoing through uh, going through a lot of changes, and uh, it was very a very interesting time to to I guess an environment to grow up because mm-hmm. it was changing so quickly, and all these opportunities that had not been available before were quickly becoming available. But at the same time, uh, I was very fortunate. I would say that I grew up in a very loving family that very much believed in education and, and uh, really instilled that in me from a very early age. Uh, But at the same time, opportunities compared to a place like the U S were much scarcer. So uh, I would say though, that that really kind of builds that sense of entrepreneurship because Mm -hmm. entrepreneurship is kind of like, how do you deal with scarcity and make opportunities out of it? And I think for me also, even if I think back to my education and, um, even in middle school or high school, like really trying to find like, where were those competitions that I could participate? In? Where were those opportunities where I could just like show up and like, uh, really stand out in uh, these like very like overfilled classrooms where everybody wanted to to stand out and have a voice. So uh, yeah, I think it was a really, a really rich uh Kind of experience that inspired me later down the line uh, for a lot of these entrepreneurial things I ended up doing.
1: Things start to open up in that cultural explosion, people exploring different things. Did your parents, uh, were they entrepreneurs? What did they do?
0: My dad was. uh, So he was a mechanical engineer by trade, um, and as pretty much a couple years into the new regime of democracy, uh, which for the first time he was allowed to now have uh, to start a business, which was not Mm -hmm. the thing before. And so he started, uh, he got into real estate, started a a construction and real estate company, and he ended up building actually the, the the building where my family ended up living in. So it was kind of a very weird, like a very (laughs) literal sense of entrepreneurship to live in the home uh, that that my my dad and his firm built, among other other families, and then he ended up ex- expanding that business, uh, and definitely saw that happen in a in a time frame of a, of a few years or a decade. The business starting from scratch and then developing it from one building to several buildings to, and more and more from that. So it's like a very kind of literal and visceral thing that you can see that as a kid, it was very interesting for me to like be there as he was like building this building. And when there was nothing, there was just a hole in the ground and then you kind of actually build it up. So now metaphorically, that's, I guess what I'm doing with bold voice as well.
1: Yeah. I love that because kind of similar as well. My dad was also uh, his own like business owner. You lived in and grew up in Albania when did you decide to move to the U.S.?
0: It had been a pipe dream throughout my life. I think it's one of those things that are very characteristics, the characteristic of a country coming out of communism to democracy that you think of the U.S. as like this uh, promised land in a way where anything could happen. It's a land of immigrants and opportunities, which I very much believe is still the case. And uh, so since when I was young, it was kind of a dream to do it, but it didn't feel realistic in the slightest. Uh, That said, I think as I was uh, going through uh, my high school education, uh, internet became a thing all of a sudden. (laughs) And that was honestly a big catalyst because I wouldn't have had a clue on where to start, Mm -hmm. but I had internet. I could go into into it and figure out, What are what are the SATs, which I'd never heard of until my junior year of college, Uh, and what does it take to apply to these universities? So I figured it out all by myself. I didn't know a person. I didn't have any family members or any friends who lived in the U.S. or studied in the U.S. So I was like very clueless about the whole thing, but figured it out and uh, put it all together. Had to travel to take my SATs because they weren't even offered. Uh, where I lived at the time. And uh, so it was very scrappy, uh, but it all came together. And I remember just like putting those envelopes together, shipping them
1: <laughs> to, <laughs> all
0: those, like, to all these schools and, and being like, all right, well, I have no idea what happens here. And
1: yeah.
0: only later down the line did my, my dad tell me that, yeah, I didn't think it was going to happen. I, I didn't want to stop you. I didn't want to discourage you, but it just seems so far-fetched. Um, and, and then the letters started coming back and I still remember, I think probably the happiest single moment of my life to, to date, I think would be when I got my first yes. Um, and I still remember, I, I was fortunate to get into Yale and I still remember opening that, like opening that link and, and seeing like the bulldogs as <laughs> a so, mascot of Yale and that was just like the most unbelievable thing that happened in my life. And I think what set me on a very different path. Yeah. Um, so, so, so yeah, I think definitely very unlikely. Uh, but again, you gotta as, as with everything in life, you gotta take a chance. Otherwise you will never.
1: Yeah. That, There's but... a dream. There's a, the will to do it and like doing it and then getting the results or getting uh, the results that you want to see. That's awesome. I also have the same way. So yeah, just growing up, growing up in Southeast Asia, always wanted to be in the U.S. I would love to hear about the, the company that you have for Bold Voice. What were your experiences that led to ultimately building Bold Voice?
0: Yeah, I'll start with that just to give to give that that anchor. Uh, so Bold Voice is a AI-powered uh, speech coach that combines uh, video lessons from Hollywood accent coaches and AI feedback as you speak into it to help you improve your communication your confidence and your clarity in English Um, so very much inspired by my own experiences when I first moved to the U.S. Uh, the biggest culture shock for me when I moved here was not anything cultural like Things like music, for example, or or TV, because that the American uh, culture is kind of global and it's everywhere. And I grew up with it. But it was really English. And it surprised me so much because up until that point, I'd studied English for 10 years. I'd gotten all my good grades. It was good enough to get me into Yale. And then I showed up and I realized that even when asking for very simple things like water in the dining hall, people would ask me to repeat myself. And I realized, oh, people don't say water here, they say water. And it's a very different kind of pronunciation. And very quickly, I realized that this was a big gap that I had in my English communication toolkit. And it was really preventing me in uh, social settings from being able to be very confident and just crack Mm -hmm. a joke and be participating in those conversations. But also when it can later down the line to job interviews, uh, which is you know, much more consequential, yeah. that's when I realized that if I didn't know how to maybe pronounce a specific word, then I would kind of get stuck and I wouldn't be able to present myself as clearly and confidently as I wanted to. Yeah. So this has been in the back of my mind for over a decade, ever since I first experienced it. And I still remember the multi-year frustration of... Feeling like my my speaking wasn't on par with my other kind of English writing and reading skills and all that. Um, and uh, what inspired me many years after that to actually build bold voice was, I guess, a confluence of two things. One, I went back to school, business school, and I was once again surrounded by lots of people who were in the same shoes that I had been, had recently moved to the US from their home countries. And you could clearly see a difference in the confidence and participation in the classroom of mm-hmm. Americans versus the new internationals. And I, it made me think, wow, it's, it's been almost 10 years since I experienced this and nothing has changed. People are still struggling with this. And then the second thing that was happening around that time, this is back in 2020, 2021, is that I started, thinking, I started hearing uh, more and more about AI and how there are mm-hmm. all these powerful voice models uh, that could uh you know recognize speech transcribe it and even give feedback as you spoke so it made me start to think is there a way to use this nascent technology to build a model that can give feedback on something as nuanced as accents and solve this universal immigrant problem so that's how bold voice came to be uh, dormant in the back of my head for, for very many years. And then finally, I, uh, because it was all of a sudden possible to solve through AI, I jumped into that opportunity.
1: And before we jump into Paul Voice, and like, I would love to learn about you know, the, the V1 version that you, you were telling me about. But when you said something, first, the disconnect between written learning of a language and speaking Totally true. Um, I went through it. My family has gone through it as well. And the second part, when you said the effect of it being non-trivial is very true as well. I think you shared a stat where the first three seconds is really important in a interview, right? Can you tell us more about that and all the effects that happen to either the uh, interview process or fundraising, etc.?
0: This is super important, uh, because for a while, I think I felt like I was alone in this or it was all in my head. Uh, but it's, this is not just a feeling for people. It's not just a matter of a lack of confidence. It's also a matter of perception and real outcomes that you get in life. And there have been a lot of studies that show that, um, having an accent, unfortunately can have a big impact in your, uh, career and, uh, financial opportunities. Uh, so there was a study out of Warden that showed that uh, having an accent can make you 16% less likely to get a job as opposed to people who do not have a perceivable uh, accent. And if you're an entrepreneur, then you're 23% less likely to get funding. Um, so those are, if you add those up over the course of your career uh, that, can be, that can add up to tens or even hundreds of thousands of dollars left on the table. So it's extremely consequential. Uh, and there's other studies like the one you mentioned where people make snap judgments of who you are and your skill set based on just the first three seconds of speech. So within the first three seconds of speech, you've barely gotten a sentence in, right? It's a very, very short amount of time. Yeah. So clearly it's not yet about your smarts and your capabilities and your skills. It's really about, again, that, that first impression that you make about how your voice sounds, how your accent sounds. Uh, and it's very unfortunate. Obviously, that's not the world that I would have chosen to, to design if I could, yeah. Uh, but it is, it's, it is unfortunately uh, a real thing. So that's how we position Bold Voice as a tool to give people uh, confidence for themselves, but also to help them get the outcomes they deserve and not, uh, I guess, fall victim to all these unfortunate realities about um, the world we live in, where accent can get into the way of success.
1: Yeah. Um and so you, this bold voice or the concept of bold voice was, uh, personally felt professionally felt, and you saw your peers also go through it as well. How were the peers or solving for that issue of like accent and, um, pronunciation previously, previous to bold voice?
0: So I did a bunch of interviews with them, actually, and that's how we started Bold Voice. It's like, let's actually understand this problem a bit better and how people are dealing with it. Uh, We found a couple of people, a minority, that actually had hired an accent coach to help them through this, a speech coach. And that is an excellent choice, uh, like a great, great resource, but it is very expensive. It costs $200 an hour on average to work with one of these coaches because it's not just an English teacher. It's a very specialized skill set. It's very different from how you typically learn grammar and vocabulary, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, So it is very expensive. It's something that generally speaking only an executive level person can afford. Um, So that's a very effective choice, but again, very expensive, very manual. You have to go and find these people um, and, and schedule this, this, hours into your business schedule. Um, Another thing that people were doing that I think I resonated with a lot was just uh, consuming media, watching YouTube, watching shows. Uh, They were doing that. We kept hearing about Friends as being one of those shows that people would watch and even mimic. And actually it's a really effective uh, way to learn um, uh, an accent is through a concept called shadowing. Uh, in linguistics, but it's basically you're mimicking the inflection and the pronunciation and all the speech qualities of of an actor. Uh, so obviously, that's a great, like, quick way to to get up to a certain level. But you can kind of you kind of pl- plateau there. You can't really break and and make it to the next level because. There are certain things, certain sounds in English that as an adult, you just stop hearing. um, So you don't really hear the difference uh, between certain sounds. And even if you hear it, there's a world between being able to hear it and actually being able to make it yourself. And that's where a coach can really help you. Um, But then the actual majority of people that we interviewed um, said that they weren't doing anything about it because they didn't think a solution was possible. Uh, or because they just didn't know where to go for it uh so a lot of people were just suffering in silence they just assumed that that's how the world was going to be maybe they were asking friends and family for corrections here and there but that always felt kind of awkward and uncomfortable and it was not a sustainable thing that you can do a lot so uh what we found was a lot of unmet need um yeah. and that validated our, our hypothesis that there is a real opportunity here for a solution, especially one that can be more affordable than the, an accent coach.
1: And when you say uh, we, who who is the we in this case?
0: The royal we. Just
1: kidding. <laughs> um, so...
0: Um, Quickly into this, I recruited my uh, former co-founder at a prior startup that we did um, and uh, a former uh, co-worker from my consulting days, uh, Ilya, who ended up becoming my co-founder and my CTO at Bold Voice. Um, So I was kind of the product and the content brain a bit. And he's been the tech brain behind, behind bold voice. Uh, and then very quickly I realized that I'm not an expert in teaching people this skill. Uh, I am an expert in understanding the problem because I've been through it myself, but we need a coach, uh, an expert to design a a solution and the content here. So Mm -hmm. very quickly I recruited, um, our first coach, uh, who, uh, his name is Ron Carlos he is a Hollywood speech and accent coach. He's trained actors from the Game of Thrones and Hunger Games, and a couple of other uh, like incredible productions, and works with Broadway stars, also works with high-level exec- executives. I was extremely lucky that I got him because when Bold Voice was starting to, to happen, it was during COVID, and uh, so film productions were shut down, and so mm-hmm. the time it worked out that uh, Ron was available to, to work with me on this and something so so unproven, relatively speaking. So we, we uh, basically we pulled together a very, very um, scrappy V1 that we could test mm-hmm. with to just see how this would work before we built anything technical.
1: Yeah, appreciate you driving the conversation forward with the, the V1. With this V1, How did it work Um, and how were your early users interacting with it?
0: What's really important for V1 is to make it as quick as you can, just ship it. And I think a lot, a trap that a lot of people get caught up in, and I had in my past, in my former, in my prior uh, startup, is that you want the product to be perfect and you spend a lot of time designing and wireframing and building and writing lines and lines of code. And at the end of the day, you haven't even validated if anybody would even use this conceptually, let alone like benefit from all, th- all the features that you've built. So uh, from the beginning, I, we didn't even have an app. We didn't even have any lines of code. We just uh, put together an MVP that consisted of, uh, I believe it was around 10 videos that uh, our coach Ron uh, scripted and filmed on his iPhone uh, so extremely scrappy and that he covered all of these different vowel sounds and exactly how he would teach them in the app later on, uh, but with a very kind of bad lighting, everything was, it was a very lo-fi version of what art videos look like now. And then uh, we didn't yet have the AI piece figured out. That would take obviously a much longer amount of time. So what we did instead was that we put together some practice materials into just like a worksheet, a PDF, and we sent Mm -hmm. those to people and we asked them to record their voice saying these things. And then Ron, our coach, would then afterwards review them and then send them feedback, just kind of a very delayed (laughs) asynchronous AI. So what we're trying to prove with this is, can this work asynchronously? Can it work without a coach being there with you in the room one-on-one to correct you in real time? Can it work with just videos uh, and a much more, uh, I guess, bite-sized way of learning compared mm-hmm. to like a one-hour session? And by the end of it, we got, you know, uh, speech samples back from people. And we could hear the difference even in just a span of two weeks. Okay in the before and after and that was uh enough for us to say that there's something here
1: that's so cool so even without a nap, people were basically saying oh I can do this I can watch a video and then I can send you voice samples everything was just disjointed in a way but people were still doing that which gave you guys the confidence of like oh there's something here
0: and people paid for it
1: and people paid for it. Which
0: was, I didn't look that they paid like, I think $10 or $15 for two yeah. weeks worth of content. It wasn't much, but it was more just validating that. Is this just something that they're doing as a favor to me somehow? Yeah. Or is this something that they're doing because they had actually paid for something like this in the, in the real world? Uh, but yeah, they paid for a period of two weeks. They just got daily emails for me. Uh, with with a video attachment and a PDF, that that that's all there was to it. And when something that bare bones can work, that's so much better validation. That if you actually put work into building a good product here, there's gonna be even more success.
1: Exactly, and especially for high performing individuals, the what you said earlier about like, oh, we always think about this like perfection and trying to get it out there. It is so hard, at least from my experience of like high performing is like, yeah, it's kind of hard to get, remove yourself from that because everything you put into is such a, like a, it it represents you in a sense. So Mm -hmm. the way of approaching and learning quickly and validating, especially with the willingness to pay that customers are doing is fascinating. Like Mm -hmm. And
0: I I think it's YC that says this, but they or somebody within YC, uh, they say if you're not shamed or embarrassed by your first product, you have waited yeah. too long to ship. Yeah. So you kind of have I- to let go a little bit of control there because then what, what happens is that once you get let that first version go into the world and you let real people interact with it, then you're building, you're co-building with your user Yeah. Which is so much better than building in a silo of your own and not really having that real world connection.
1: Yeah. Uh, There are very few quotes that are so impactful like that one. I love it. Um, And so bold voice V1, great feedback, great interactions from users over the two weeks, three weeks um, period. But the product today looks completely different. Can you tell us about the product and the learnings you got from those early experiments into what it is today and how it helps uh, non-native English speakers?
0: Yes. So today it's not me sending you emails anymore. There's actually an (laughs) app. um, And we've built it with a lot of the learnings that we got from those um, early users, which is People don't have the time in the day. We're working, we're serving busy professionals, right? Uh, With busy schedules and they don't tend to have an hour uh, in their day to sit down. So they need something that's really bite-sized that they can do in 10 minutes every day and that will create measurable impact in their speech. So we designed all of our lessons to be, to take only about 10 minutes a day. All the videos from the Hollywood coaches take about max five minutes to go through and then there's practice materials where you, we present you with specific challenging words, phrases, even conversations that you have. And instantly, our AI will grade you on all this, all the sounds that you made, uh, and, and give you a percentage score in how accurate you were in your pronunciation. And mm-hmm. if you miss the sound, it will also give you specific tips and very short 30 second videos on how to adjust the the mistake that you made so um i'd say very bite-sized um and and it's a mix of the human coaching uh not one-on-one but through these videos from the coaches plus the ai something that i was very much from the beginning um uh a fan of was that i didn't think that in teaching this kind of skill only ai would be sufficient I think AI is great in giving you feedback, but it's such a physical skill that you're learning. You're literally learning how to move your mouth in a different way uh, Mm -hmm. to produce sounds that you haven't learned before. And so the coaching, having these experts teach you, just like they would in a real one-on-one session, how to move your mouth to make the sounds was very, very important. So we ended up with a product that's quite differentiated. And since then, there's been a couple more, you know, AI is everywhere, right? But there's still yeah. no, no product like ours that mixes the what's important to be human, which is the, the, the observing uh, the demonstrations of a coach, and then yeah. taking the best of what AI can bring, which is that real-time feedback.
1: Yeah, it's like three components. It's like watching the coaches, uh, like performing the tasks, and then learning from your performance essentially is like the, the flow that goes through the app the that's, journey. That's a and the user
0: loop. When you come back the next day and you progress into the next level, we give you um, constantly skills that you might have slipped on for you to review. Um, and more recently we've also added on an LLM layer to it where basically mm-hmm. you can have an unscripted back and forth conversation to practice any topic you want in life. So say, you're applying for a specific job and you want to practice a job interview, you can go in and say, Hey, I want to practice a job interview for a uh, like a product lead role and Mm -hmm. it will make and, and have that back and forth with you. So that's super cool. It's definitely grown and become more powerful since, but it's kind of, it's interesting that a lot of those uh, the the product philosophy was formed within the first, uh, I would say the first few months.
1: Yeah, and tactically for immigrant founders who are listening, um, what were what visa status were you when you were building Bold Voice?
0: When I was building Bold Voice, I was very lucky to be to have become by that point a U.S. citizen, so I didn't have to go through a lot of the hoops that a lot of other people have to. And the way that yeah. happened was that completely by chance. Sometimes in life, luck. Is a bigger component than skill. And uh, I was in the U.S. already. I was uh, in college at Yale. And my uh, dad, uh, he, having been a believer in the American dream his whole life, for the 20th year maybe of his life, was applying to the U.S. uh, green card lottery. Uh, So he had applied every single year, never gotten it. Uh, And then that year he got it. I was under 21 at the time and I was fortunate enough to be included. I was too yeah. many. So if he had gone in the next year, I wouldn't have been included. Yeah. Uh, but he, it ended up that I, I got to benefit from that and I got uh, a green card that later down the line converted to, um, into a U.S. citizenship. So now I'm an Albanian and a U.S. citizen, which makes life so much easier. <laughs> But uh, I've also had lots of friends uh, who have were international and have created uh, built companies. Uh, and typically, uh, what I've seen from my uh, friends, if they were in um, in grad school, for example, uh, they got STEM degrees, which allow you to extend your OPT from one year to three years. Mm-hmm. So that was huge for them. And then, while in their three year OPT, once they got some validation from their startup. Uh, they could apply for the O visa, which yeah. is um, actually, I think they're pretty generous with it when you're an entrepreneur. Um, so they they were successful at that. So it's definitely more costly and it's kind of very stressful that it's not a certain process that you can go through, uh, but yeah. I've seen it work well for, for my classmates.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I think everyone's experience is very valuable because my goal is to get more people to hopefully have a uh, create companies or build companies or start something without having the pressure to, you know, oh, I don't know how to fit that in a box of like this visa status. That I am. So mm-hmm. hearing from other founders is really helpful. Um, are you ready for last couple of questions? Rapid fire, hopefully.
0: Let's do it. <laughs> All
1: right. So um, how many, uh, users are on Bold Voice today?
0: Bold Voice has had over a million downloads to date. Uh, and a, a good chunk of those people are active paid subscribers.
1: Yeah. For those who are thinking about starting a B2C company, what are some of the advice that you have, especially th- through building Bold Voice?
0: Be obsessed with your user I think that's important for any kind of company, but especially B2C, there's no middleman. You're not selling to one person and then another person will use it. It's the one person that you're serving is making the decision. And B2C can be very fickle. They might like it one day, they will stop liking it the next day because it's not like these like multi-year contracts that you have. So be obsessed with your user's problem. Talk to your users as much as you can. I remember there was a time when in the span of two weeks, between Ilya and I, my co-founder, we did 60 user interviews because we really wanted to dive deep and we scheduled our entire calendar around that. So mm-hmm. uh make make the user uh part of your building process.
1: Yeah. What were how do you get your first, let's say, 50k users?
0: Um a mix of things. The first, oh, I would say first focus on finding the first hundred. That's what I yes. always told us. And then focus on how do you scale it? Because each stage of the scaling process mm-hmm. requires different channels and different tactics. So in mm-hmm. the very early days, there was a lot of grassroots of finding communities of finding uh, people who were already talking about these topics on, on Facebook, on Reddit and like trying to become part of those communities, Having a lot of phone calls Uh, with those people. And then we started becoming a bigger voice on social. We created, uh, we got on TikTok, and we had a couple of viral videos there. Uh, same thing with YouTube shorts and Instagram. So we really try to build up those, those communities, those earned communities, obviously for consumer paid, social is also a really big, uh, lever Mm -hmm. to get in front of people. Um, and, and then once we get a certain critical mass word of mouth is the best possible tool, because it's free, and there's nothing that convinces someone more than a positive experience of another person who's already been through that process. So, uh, a referral program is one product thing that you can do to 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 add some some um, fire to that to the fuel. Some fuel. Love to it. Fuel. There yeah. you go. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: love it. Um, you said people your your customers come onto the platform, minimum, you know, uh, ten minutes a day. Let's say. What, where are the most interesting places or times that people are using bold voice
0: after work, seven, 8. PM. Okay. Um, those are the night, we have night owls. <laughs> so like, again, they're, they're probably, because the way that you use bold voice is that you want this uh, kind of a quiet environment because you're speaking, you're practicing, your speaking. So you, yeah. you're not doing this on the train, like you're doing Duolingo or like when you have two free seconds, uh, and you're on the go. Um, so people tend to do this after they're done with their work workday. Uh, they'll do 10 minutes of bold voice and then probably watch Netflix or something. So this is <laughs> something that makes you both feel more productive but also obviously gives you also that real impact in your speech.
1: Yeah, uh, using bold voice and then going to watch Friends because Friends is such a, <laughs> I feel yeah. like I hear so many stories of people just mimicking that as well, like you said earlier. Uh, when non-native English speakers hesitation, sometimes with the pronunciation, especially around accents and how put my identity to the side, what do you say to those kind of questions where it's like, uh, or like world of language?
0: Yeah, accent and identity are definitely very closely linked to each other. And I think this is a personal choice that people can make and it boils down to confidence. Uh, and boils down to what makes sense for you. If you feel like you're already super confident, if you feel like your accent is not holding you back in life, then do you. That sounds great. Um, But for a lot of people, um, I would say like me, right? It felt like it was having an impact. And it was preventing them in a way from being their true selves, so it's almost like working on your accent, if it makes you more confident, more able to speak up, to share your opinions. Working on your accent makes you more of who you are as opposed to less, because it's more of your removing this barrier that exists between you and your, your audience. Yeah. So that's how I think about it. And at Bold Voice, we also don't believe in perfection. We don't believe in this is the American accent and this is where you'll get to. Uh, Because it's, first of all, really hard to do, but also not really necessary. I think what we're trying to achieve here is clarity and confidence. So we're focusing on you're able to communicate in a way that your accent is not distracting your listener from the Mm -hmm. content of your ideas, which is what matters. And you're never asked to repeat yourself, which is maybe one of the most frustrating experiences as an immigrant. Uh, and that you're confident and that you feel like you can speak up and people will li- listen. So yeah. those, those, that's really the point. It's not achieving uh, perfection. And relatedly to that, there are some schools of thoughts. Now we're getting a little bit more into the linguistic world, but schools of thoughts that uh, talk about it as accent elimination. And that's not something we believe in. We, we really think about, uh, and or accent reduction. We don't believe in that. We believe in, Uh, things more around accent acquisition so instead of reducing removing your accent you're just learning a new tool set you're learning a new toolkit just like you might learn uh, and improve your writing skills or your leadership skills right this is just another uh, part of your toolkit to be a more effective communicator in front of your audience
1: what are you optimistic about
0: As an entrepreneur, I have to be optimistic about everything. But um, I think right now, as everybody else in tech, I'm very optimistic about AI and the opportunities this will unlock. I'm optimistic about the kinds of companies and solutions that will be created that we couldn't have thought of before. I'm optimistic about Bold Voice being one of those companies. Um, And I think on a more philosophical level, uh, I'm optimistic about tech in general, helping to build a world where it doesn't really matter so much where you were born or the financial means that you're born into and everybody everywhere can have access to the same opportunities of growth and career.
1: Wonderful way to end the episode. If people want to use the uh, Bold Voice app or find you and ask you questions, where can they reach out to you or the company?
0: Boldvoice is on the App Store and Google Play so would love for anybody who's interested to download it and give it a shot and uh obviously boldvoice.com also our website where you can find more information about us about our coaches and get started uh on with a free 7-day trial if you'd like to try it. Uh I'm on LinkedIn. Uh my name is very unique so you can't miss me. So uh, yeah, it would be great to connect and uh, have everybody follow in the Bold Voice
1: journey. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining the show. I love chatting with you and learning about Bold Voice and uh, the mission that you're on. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this valuable, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your favorite podcast app. One more thing. Forum Founders is a new podcast, so please consider leaving a rating or review. That helps more people find the show. See you on the next episode.